Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello there. Thank you for pressing play and joining the Dirtfish.com team once again to chew over the rally topics of the week. I'm Lisa Rose Sullivan in the southeast of England, watching the birds in the garden on a cool but bright winter's morning. Elsewhere, but also on the Spin the Rally pod start list, we have former team boss Mr George Donaldson. How's the world looking your way, GD? Uh, gorgeous sunshine here. It didn't get cold last night. Stayed above freezing for the first time, maybe the second time in about two or three weeks. So quite nice, really. Windy last night, but now calm. Loving it. Uh, right up in Scotland, Mr George Donaldson. Another original who always provides windows on the world wherever he is. I wonder which window he's looking through today. Voice of rally, Mr Colin Clark. Good morning, Lisa. Yeah, looking out the living room window today and just looking out over beautifully green fields. There's a donkey in the field. There are birds in the trees. I've got a bowl of porridge on the table in front of me. And I am feeling mighty fine this morning. Thank you, Lisa. Oh, you're kind of halfway between me and George, really, aren't you, in the UK? Yes, yes. I'm Roughly. in the Midlands of England. I'm, a, I'm a, an exile. <laughs> but he's got his porridge, so he's feeling proper Scots. Oh, but not. Can I tell you about my porridge, but very quickly, I've discovered from Raleigh, Finland, porridge with just butter. Oh, my goodness me. Oh, where, where have you been all my life? It is wonderful. Uh, oh, anyway. yeah, I can go with that. I can go with that. Uh, completing the lineup, it's the man who paints pictures with his words. He's on the line, but where is Dirtfish senior staff writer David Evans today? Uh, the usual lease in Shropshire at home, sitting, typing... Uh, and uh, out of the window, I can see olive trees in the courtyard, uh, and from there, it's pretty blue skies. It's very nice, actually. I think we, while this is a reflection on Monte Carlo, uh, I do think just very, very briefly. And firstly, we need to apologise profusely for a lot of coffee chat last week because a couple of people did actually um, get in touch with us. And say, yes, we were we were in fabulous Turin last week talking with Andrea Adamo. Um, chewing over what had just happened the the previous three days. Apologies, there was a lot of talk of lattes and and what have you. So we are we've brought George back uh, because we need to focus. Brought George and Lise back because we need to focus, refocus. Before we do that, given that we're talking about the weather, can we throw forward and ask Mr. GD to give us a quick rundown? Sorry to put you on the spot here, George, but Umia. What's doing with the weather? Because Umia. yeah, because it's not. Well, it's, from it's what I can see, it's not so cold. It's not so cold, and not I've a huge checked, amount I've, of it snow. It didn't look not a huge amount of snow, but it's been cold enough. Um, so the roads will be icy. I imagine what normally happens is that the organisers will have, if they know that it's not, you know, if there's not been a lot of snow, but it's it has mm. been cold. Uh, they they go out and they water the stages, which sounds like a huge job, which which I suppose it is. I used to get test roads watered in uh, in Sweden, mm. e- even for the production uh, championship guys when I worked on the customer teams. 
um, we used to get a road watered for three or four weeks before the, the test. And that lets the water soak into the road. It, it freezes and melts and freezes and melts, but the water goes right down. The water, the soil becomes waterlogged and then freezes solid. So it doesn't degrade. The problem is that if it, if it snows a little bit, like it has done, the snow actually protects, the, the, the soil beneath it dries out a little bit, the water drains down before it freezes. The soil's a bit dry. It then freezes solid, no water gets down into the soil. The snow gets swept off the top and you've got loose but frozen soil. It's like powder snow, the, the, the dirt just becomes like powder snow. And you get a horrible rally. I've never done a Swedish rally myself when the conditions were like that. Close, but not quite that. I've done muddy, but, but not. We uh, to, we've not, got to say not, that not that dust. Definite concerns. I know that uh, I don't know who uh, of us watched the race of champions at the weekend, but okay, it is a little bit further north. In fact, looking at the map, it's probably hundreds of kilometres further north. Uh, but mm. the Baltic Sea, on which the race of champions was was contested over the weekend, actually thawed out overnight on Saturday. So what was um, you looked sort of beyond the circuit and it was all frozen, lovely frozen sea it's very wintry. But then on Sunday, it was all sea and back to being... That could bring a very different meaning to Park Ferme, couldn't it? <laughs> it could, yeah. Listen, the, yeah. The, forecast, the forecast is not too bad for Umeå. As you said, George, it has been reasonably mild the last few days, which is no bad thing. For the next two or three days, they're forecasting temperatures down to around about minus 15, minus 16 degrees with a high of minus 8, minus 9. So I guess that's perfect, George, for your, your refreezing, isn't it? And then as we come well, into hopefully, the weekend... Well, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully it is. Yeah. As I we mean, come the, into the, the weekend, the, the, they're forecasting a little bit of snow. Temperatures mm -hmm. just coming up fractionally, but a little bit of snow. So, uh, you know, things, as that's we it. know, David, we've seen it before, haven't we? Remember we went to Sweden how many years ago now? Well, it must have been six or seven years ago. And there was hardly, hardly a smattering of snow on the ground on the Tuesday, Wednesday. But by the time we got to Friday, there was some decent snow around. It changes very, very yeah. quickly, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. But again, that the, the road was icy that year as yeah. well because it, it had rained plenty That's and right. then frozen. Yeah. So yeah. And, you and know, a, fr a frozen road is nearly as good as, as, as a snow road to drive, but it's not as pretty. But final but, word but here. Umeå, Umeå has snow, but just not much. Final word here, and let's move back to Monty. Final word. This is not supposed to be a point of discussion now. Sorry. You know, we're supposed to have solved this problem uh, by going way north. You know, we're, we're, all we're supposed to be talking about when it comes to WRC's winter round is how many metres of snow we're going to have to plough. And yet, you know, we're still yeah. looking yeah. at a temperature of minus one today. You know, that's not what we're and about. David, yeah, but that's the irony. I've seen some pictures of uh, Torsby and some of... Mm around Torsby and it's and I, like an absolute winter it, wonderland it's nuts <laughs> it's like a winter wonderland but yeah, it, you know for me it, let's do this properly and let's go let's go way 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 north but even I suppose wow. Rovan Yimmy you know there's not a huge amount there but go to Canada let's let's sorry let's go back to Monte Carlo shall we before we open and yes let's go worms. back to Monte Carlo Apologies, yeah if, you, if you've got the race of champions 60 miles um, away from the Arctic Circle and it doesn't have enough snow and, and we're also talking though uh, and I'm not going to bring climate change into this I'm going to say that the climate has changed um, in that we're even talking about um, massive events like the Olympic Games and stuff trying to find a permanent base because there is never a guarantee of snow we saw that in China it's possible in Italy in a couple of years time that there may not be enough snow but anyway I did want to start with a, a 
small shout out to the other member of our team, the now award-winning Luke Barry, deputy editor of Dirtfish.com. Hey. Yeah, congratulations, Lukey Luke. He's been named the Motorsport UK's Young Journalist of the Year for 2022. And I think we can all take credit for that as well. Um, No, (laughs) absolutely excellent work from uh, award-winning Luke Barry, because that's his new name. Um, He has also drawn up the running order today, which David Mm. has diverted us a bit away from. But we're going to get back into it now. We did mention the race of champions. Let's get that out of the way. Literally Baltic conditions, as you mentioned, on the frozen Baltic Sea. Team Solberg, I mean Team Norway, <laughs> took the team title. <laughs> Oliver Solberg clearly delighted to beat Thierry Neuville in the final. Yeah, it was, it was great. Through Saturday, uh, obviously Team Norway won Nations Cup for the second year in succession. Oliver was it, it was on fire, wasn't he? All through Saturday, completely unbeaten uh, in every race, won everything. Uh, took, a, I'm sure... A huge amount of pleasure in, in beating Thierry in the in the final race of the Nations Cup. Then into Sunday morning when it was champion of champions. Uh, and, of course, it was Oliver versus Petter uh, in the first round. And <laughs> Oliver continued his winning streak, won both of those races. Uh, and then a really bizarre one. So Oliver was up against Thierry in the quarterfinal. Uh, and ran slightly wide. He was in this FC1X, the nitro car, which is 1,000 horsepower, uh, mm, or nice. 1,100 horsepower, all-electric car. Uh, and as he ran wide, he he t- touched the, the the snowbank on the right, and it, there was a load of advertising banners um, there. And these cars have really wide tyres, but just proper I mean, hundreds of of spikes. They're not really studs. They are actually spikes. Um, and the, the spike tyre caught the advertising hoarding. And obviously, Oliver was on the throttle and it just spun the, the advertising hoarding around the wheel uh, and just essentially locked that right front corner solid. Um, so that was it. He was he was out. Um, did win his... They obviously, there was best of two... There were, there was, the aggregated time over two races. He won the second race against Thierry, uh, but he was out. Uh, Thierry then lost to Matthias Ekstrom, and Matthias Ekstrom beat Mick Schumacher in the final. Uh, it wasn't. It was. It was quite a good event, but it wasn't. It wasn't an absolute ripper. It was quite. Sebastian Loeb obviously won last year, and he went out quite early. I think to yeah he lost to Thierry. Mm. Uh so no it was good. It was it was a good event. Um and yeah always nice to see lovely fella that he is Matthias Ekstrom winning. Mm. He's a talented boy isn't he Matthias Ekstrom? A really talented he do, he, boy. He does really mm. well on these types yeah. of you know uh, call it stadium type events but I mean mm. he's he's no rally driver as well really? let's be honest oh, yeah no yeah, fourth time he's taken that and he's uh, beaten yeah. a Schumacher three times because and, he beat Michael Schumacher twice to the title as well and pretty emotional actually at the end of that it was really nice I would say you know he always probably yeah. had tears in his eyes he was talking about um competing against Michael uh and now competing against Mick uh you know it's it is a, a very emotional topic still particularly at race of champs where the Schumacher family was you know has always been a big part of that event in the same way that someone like David Coulthard's always been there. Uh, and sad to see DC go out quite early on Saturday as well. Um, but did come up with the the usual amusing line uh, of he woke in the middle of the night speaking French and thinking he was Sebastian Loeb and turns out he wasn't. 
Uh, so, <laughs> so no, it's, they do a good job. It's quite it's entertaining. Uh, but it always feels wrong to have race yeah. champions on, in February. It should be the end of the year. It should be December in uh, in the Canaries. Yeah. Okay, whoever silenced their phone, well done. Um, we can now that move was, on to Monty Cup. Apolo- apologies for that. That's fine. I'll edit, I'll edit you out. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. Um, so now we can move on to Monte Carlo. It is the end of January 2023. One month, one round of the WRC done. I'd like to uh, point out that Toyota pretty much nailed it. David, do you think we're going to spend the entire season discussing one team's competitiveness? No, absolutely not. I think we're we're in for one of the, the most open seasons we've we've seen there's no doubt that Tanak won't be satisfied just like M Sport won't be satisfied with what they did in, in Monty they want more uh, and, they'll, and they'll find more undoubtedly probably will they find it next week in Sweden I don't think they will I think you know we might be looking at kind of Croatia Portugal Sardinia time when we've got these three quite specific events out of the way Monty Sweden and, and Mexico but yeah the Tanek will do the sensible thing. He'll take points where he can across these three rallies. And that's not to say he won't win Sweden. Uh, you know, everything could click um, and, and he might well win there. Uh, but I think it's going to be really open. I think Hyundai has got uh, Thierry. Absolute. Thierry's never a driver that's lacked confidence. They've clearly got a car that's, that's still very much in the ballpark. If anything potentially the surprise was Toyota's resurgence. Increasingly, though, as I've thought about this in the last week or two weeks, to talk of of the resurgence, okay, they had a pretty miserable Spain on tarmac, but Toyota was never that far away in Japan. We've we've talked about this. And, and, you know, is it fair to say that actually, you know, they were miles away? I don't think they ever were miles away. Um, And it could just be down to a sort of setup thing. George, you know it's very hard to go away to a flyaway event, a long haul, like Japan, when you you yeah, really got you don't know totally. the, the roads are like totally. you don't know much about anything, yeah. and you you know it's yeah. a shot in the dark almost, isn't it, with a but, setup? Yeah, and you, you've got such a limited amount of time to to change and alter things, um, and, and you know there are limitations on what you can what you can use, mm. what, you know how much latitude you've got. Horribly restricted is the word I would use, um, but I had a completely different view on on the on Monte Carlo from from Collins driver driver uh, analysis um totally different sorry colin no no george no, no need to apologize it's, no, it's there yeah. to provoke debate uh-huh. and, uh, absolutely like, well yeah well colin yeah. colin did have those scorecards mm-hmm. out and yeah. if you want yeah. to know what colin thought go and check dirtfish.com for his thoughts on our driver's mm-hmm. performances but george what did you what did you read into the way the group the crew stepped up well obviously Oji did an amazing job colin and a 10 a 10 for that 
Cali Rovenpera, um, you know, he's still, you know, he, he's, a, he's a smart, intelligent young driver, still feeling his way out. And Monte Carlo has bite in it. And he measured that out carefully. Obviously, uh, at the start of the event, the roads were dirty, played himself in, made no mistakes. He was an equal 10 to Ogier. <laughs> In terms of personal oh. performance and, and delivering exactly what he needed to for a championship and personally what he could do, what he knew he could do, knowing the risk on Monte Carlo, you can't not finish <coughs> there. The guy gets 100% 10 from well, me. Let me, let me Ot Tanak, more or less the same. More or less the same. Maybe maybe you would put him back. To, I hate to put a quantity on it, but if you want to give him a nine, fair enough. But honestly speaking, Ot Tanak hasn't finished a Monte in years. He absolutely had to finish this. He was under pressure. He came out on the last stage when the chips were down and he very nearly won the power stage, just half a second behind. That is, that. oddly enough, normally I would never use the... the, the any of the stages on the last day as a marker for performance uh, uh, because it, because people are saving tyres and there's all different strategies. But that, for me, on the last day said a lot. Ot Tanak. Uh, Elfin Evans, uh, given, uh, given again his dreadful last uh, last year um, and, and the, the amount of just tiny, tiny little errors that were so expensive from him. I think he I think he did an amazing rally. I looked very carefully at his video where he got that puncture and there is no evidence of any mistake at all. I went over it several times, different angles, looked at when it happened. I think it happened they noticed it one minute thirty into the stage. I think it was where I where I, I noticed a, a distraction happening. Uh, I went back over that footage right from the start. Um uh, the only thing I, you could say by way of preventing that was, was there something he could have noticed before the stage? Is there a, a level of extra diligence that he could apply to counter that happening in the future? A, a very small margin of that type of thing happening, but that that's the only thing you could say. But in terms of a personal performance, getting himself back to where he had to do, doing exactly what he needed to do, the guy gets a 10 from me. Terry Neuville. Now, this was a different story. Thierry, uh, we know that he can struggle to get a car right at tests. We know that he's a diligent tester and he goes testing, but how many times have we seen exactly what we saw here again? Well, the car's fine, but it's not set up right. So, you know, Thierry is not the best at identifying the minutiae on getting a car right for a rally. Um, do they need to change the way they go about their testing? I would be looking at that because there's something not right there. That coupled with comments from departed drivers uh, about about uh, the way that the car's set up and the team set up tells you that um, Thierry sets the car up for himself. It looks to me like the other drivers are getting something similar. Danny Sordo and and uh, Essa Pekka, they struggled with the feel of the car. So they've got a car that's ultimately very fast on a test road. I will not deny it. Doesn't work on a rally. Seen that so many times, so many mm. places. Um, coming, coming back down the running, running Oliver Solberg, absolutely ten out of ten to him for in terms of pace. I mean, what an amazing drive! He exceeded my expectations by miles, by absolute miles. Why? Why is and that, George? All power why, to his elbow. Why was? Why were your expectations well, I, a wee bit lower then? Again, again. Again, he, he came off the back of a very, very difficult year, battered mm. to bits. And we know he, he's got great familial support. 
Um, he's got a great character. I mean, you, if you, if you've met Oliver at all, you can't help but like the guy. He's infectious, mm. but he's so genuine and so respectful of everyone around him. He's a lovely guy, but you know, he he almost appears delicate in that point of view. His Monte Carlo. Uh, performance alone shows real steel, real core of tungsten steel in there. That was impressive. Um, the other guys, <laughs> Rossell, Gryzen, uh, Lefebvre, all did you know pretty pretty nice rally. I mean, okay, Lefebvre was just that little bit back. The disappointment for me was for Mo. I expected him to be faster. Is that the car? It, it, you might say it's leaning towards that, but again, Formo off the back of a terrible year last year, he absolutely had to finish quite carefully and clearly. Although Monte Carlo, in many ways, has never been easier. It was probably one of the easier Monte Carlo rallies to do in many ways, not to make a stupid error on. He didn't make that error, so uh, reasonably well done to him for that. But never really showed the pace. It was disappointing. Um. And so it goes on. So that's that's kind of as far as I looked. The the fact that it, it was a dry Monty, that does give you a good benchmark for for perhaps, you know, in terms of engine. Uh, uh, better and... than normal. Better than normal. So so what yeah. what conclusions would you draw then? If Lisa, Lisa asked, is it going to be a, an open season? What do you reckon, George? Sorry to do your job, Lisa. I reckon Apologies. I I reckon that, uh, the, apart, apart from apart from the obvious the obvious reliability issue which Ford demonstrated last year and has continued to display this year sorry sorry m sport tiny tiny little things going wrong there odd things obviously the complete steering power, power steering loss for uh for lube but, but the partial steering Lube, loss Lube, Lube's steering George, loss Lube, Lube's bounced off something smacked the tree well i thought i thought that was caused by the power the power I, I thought that was caused by the power steering failure was well. it not Okay, not, so not, pull pull not, that not pull that one back. No. Okay, pull pull that one back. Um, apologies for that. Uh, but um, Ott's Ott's issue with the partially the partial uh, power steering loss. Um, I'm hoping that doesn't uh, continue. Did he not also lose? He lost. Uh, the hybrid boost at one point. I think um, they all well. they all did. You know, this is an ongoing issue that we're still having these yeah. uh, intermittent hybrid issues. You know, yeah. Sordo for sure was another one that yeah. really struggled with it. And yeah, and, yeah. and don't forget, Ogier didn't have any hybrid boost uh, on Friday yeah, and morning. He um, was and still and he was still fastest. <laughs> fastest through the three stages. Yeah, yeah, it was it was very impressive. So, yeah. but the bottom line is, what we had was a remarkable Monte Carlo rally in that nearly, you know, well. You'd have to say that the the Carly Rovenpera, Ott Tanak, Elfin Evans, uh, let's 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 put Seb Ogier in the mix. They all did exactly what they had to do to start their year off right, and for me, they get a ten out of ten for doing that. Absolutely, ten out of ten for doing it. Just really, definitely Ott had to be reserved. Had to get the points on the table. So Elfin you're, Evans you're giving, had to do what he did. Five ten out of tens. I'm I'm giving I'm giving uh, four ten out of tens I think or maybe wow. Oliver Oliver Solberg is a, a ten out of ten I'll give him that as well yeah wow. honestly I would but, but but that's in terms of that's not gauged against one thing that's gauged against what they had to do to put themselves in the right place on that event and for the rest of mm. the year Colin yeah no that's that is that is gauged is it, against is it, one it, thing is a champion yeah, I'm I'm, I'm 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 gauging it differently from you quite clearly yeah, it's a different gauge uh, but yeah. but I, I think it's a I think it's a, a 
it's a more organic, more encompassing gauge. Can we, doing. Can we align our gauges? The situation they're in. Do and we need some homologation here? No, no, not right. at all. No, you Colin know, and I will argue right. to the grave. It's brilliant. The issue with giving, the issue with giving, you know, I, I do try to look at it holistically and not just take one element out. Um, and what I always do, and I've had to recalibrate my marking for Cali Robin Perra, because Cali Robin Perra will set standards that we've never seen before, and he did it last year. You know, so to give him a 10 just for winning a rally, you know, it's, it's not enough. I, I reserve the 10 for when he dominates a rally. Now, Robin Perra took his time, and, and you're right, George, in terms of sticking to his plan, yeah, let's give him a 10. But, you know, I want to look at his pace early on. He comes into rallies where he dominates from the start. We saw that on one or two events last year. That's the brilliance of Robin Perra. Yeah. We saw a more intelligent but, Robin Perra here where he knew not to do battle with... So why would you Ogier. not give him a 10 for, for doing exactly what he, what, what we know? Because, a rally is not an outright race where you not, have to be not, fastest not, from I'm the not, start. I'm not Colin. marking, George. I'm not marking on whether they stuck to their plan or not. That's not how I judge my, my marks. You know, because I'll, you're right... The, the majority of people will get 10s if I judge on whether they stuck to their plans or not. I'm judging it on the quality of their performance, on the pace that they have shown, on the rally craft that they've shown. There are so many different variables that I try to feed into it, not just did he stick to his plan. Yes, he did. Bang, let's give him a 10. That, unfortunately, for me, is no. lazy marking. Lazy no. I hate to say no, this, no. George, because you're the least lazy person that I know. Mm. But for me, that's lazy. You, know, you need to take <laughs> no. a closer look. I think, you need to take a closer I think, look. OK, I'll, I'll counter that. And I'll say, I'll, say, I'll say your marking doesn't take, in to all, doesn't take in all the factors that the drivers are suffering. I look at it well, I try from to, a team expected. point of view, and I look at it very much from the driver point of view. What mm. situation are they in? What are they doing? Um, uh, what's it? What's it like? I mean, I I, I know a little bit. I, I know very well what it's like to be in these cars, and not the current cars, but but a previous iteration of the top cars, very very well. Um, I I I was a half reasonable driver myself. Um, I got to I got to at least a factory supported level. I'll look at it from their point of view, and you've got to produce rallying's not just about one stage. It's not just about one rally. It's about it's about the legacy you leave behind and how brilliant you are over the piece. I, I um, couldn't, couldn't couldn't agree yeah, more. With so all so of for that, me but... so for me, each rally is is, is it's like it's like a it's like a given stage. Uh, a rally is just an extension of that. You've got to deliver the right thing at the right time for the right event. Monte Carlo is a killer event. It will kill your championship right at the start of the year. If you drop points in Monte Carlo, if you don't score in Monte Carlo, it finishes you for the year. Very, very rare to to get a brilliant win if if you've failed Monte Carlo, unless you know there's there's disasters around you. Uh, there's enough good drivers out there at the moment to mean if you don't finish, if you don't get points on the board in Monte Carlo, you're very it'll be very very hard to come back for a win, and that's very much the case. The only driver you might not say that of would have been Cali Roven Perra because. On the, on the face of what he did last year, he could he could very well pull everything back. But actually, you could also say the same for Rock Tanak. Um, George, I'm what, not sure. What, I think Elfin's, say, Elfin's a little bit more fragile than that in terms of in terms of the ecology of what he's managed to produce over the last uh, 14, 15 months. So yeah, so he he needs to you know he, he did exactly what he needed to do on that event, hundred percent. Okay. Delve into the shadows of the mind. With Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital.
Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. I mean, what, all I would say in, in defence, and I don't need to defend my, my market. No, 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 you know, far, always, far, far from it, I've always made it, it very clear. I've always made it very clear how I go about, you know, scoring drivers. Yeah. What I would say, though, in defence is, you know, when we get to Monte Carlo next year, and, uh-huh. uh, for example, Robin <laughs> Perry, it might be Robin Perry, it might be, uh, you know, I don't know, it could be Elvin Evans, it could even be Oitanak. When they come to Monte Carlo next year, when they, from stage one, start trading times with Ogier, who will be the dominant force there next year, no question about that. And when they eventually come out on top and beat the Monte Maestro Ogier, I will give them a 10, because that will be unexpected, unforeseen, and brilliant. And a 10 is the perfect score. And the perfect score has to be reserved for the perfect performance. All you've done Uh with giving 10 for, for people sticking to their plans is you've undervalued. The, the value of the 10, in my view, in my view, and you give yourself um, nowhere to go to reward brilliance. And when OGA is beaten fair and square next year, no punctures, no unfortunate incidents on ice, when he is beaten by one of the four or five your up-and-coming challengers, then I will give them a 10 because they will thoroughly deserve it and it will have value. That's all I would um, say to my marketing system. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm, oh, oh. All I can all I can say is that I've got an eleven and twelve as well, Colin. <laughs> Do you think that uh, Colin has uh, fairly rewarded all the drivers? Do you think that George has devalued the marking system and the value of a ten at Dirtfish Rally? Get in touch. Who's right, yeah. Colin what or George? Is, what I would say about about Toyota, though, and going back to the point you made, David, about them not being a million miles away in. Uh, Japan, they weren't, but there is no question Japan was their biggest disappointment mm. of the year. The biggest disappointment for Toyota, you know. It, it was difficult. Your data was a little bit scarce to get, but Japan had, Japan, Toyota had the best resources there, the best knowledge of the stages. Absolutely, and they, wanted, yeah. they wanted to win. Um, and I think the way that, and, and it was a bounce back in Monte because it was a, it was a psychological blow. You know, we've got Mr. Yeah, but Ozzy had a puncture in Japan. You know that? And st- we did. Yeah, absolutely. So he could have yeah, won. You know, Elvin could have won if they got the tyres right. Won. And um, in terms of absolutely. pace, they were not far away, I would say. No, no, they weren't, they weren't far off. They absolutely weren't far off, but they didn't win. And, and uh, I think they were slightly crestfallen because of it. 100%. Um, you know, I, I, I think they've come back here, and I think, you know, I think what they've shown, and particularly that Friday morning where Ogier was so fast without the extra hybrid boost. I think they've shown that maybe, maybe they have found something a little extra on tarmac from that car. And that's down to the genius of Tom Fowler, yeah. if they have. Um, yeah. and, and for me, that's a little worrying, a little worrying yeah. for the rest. Because I mean, th- it is Colin, but I mean, it, 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 does the situation for Hyundai, it scares me a little bit because how come yet again, Thierry has gone to an event where the car is good enough, but not set up right. Sorry, is is Thierry being let down by the engineering team? Is 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 he letting the engineering team down with his test guidance? And is 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 somehow the combination of experience and knowledge not translating itself into a car that works at the start? And, they, and what on earth happened in terms of of Esapeka and Danny Sordo? Esapeka, okay, I wouldn't worry too much about his performance there. 
I didn't have a hugely high expectation for him uh, uh, there in reality. But Danny, Danny always puts in a workmanlike performance, and this was not a workmanlike performance. But he, and yet the boss says that the team should really, be satisfied with its start to the season. I, Colin, yeah. you totally yeah, disagree no, with that. I, I totally disagree with that. I mean, you know, you've yeah, got a Monty I, I winner there. I disagree with that too, Colin. You know, yeah. you've, got, you've got a Monty winner there. Uh, you know, the point I make is that they... they, they you know, they have to win something this year. And, and you know, yes, Thierry Neville has a chance. He's had a chance for the past 10 years to win the drivers, and as yet he hasn't. Um, you know, they have to play clever if they want to win the manufacturers. You know, your number two driver has to be able to compete with Toyota's number two driver, and they were a million miles away, the two mm. and three drivers, you know, Lappe and Sordo, a million miles away. And to say you're, you're, you're satisfied with, with one podium, it wouldn't have been a podium if if Evans hadn't got that puncture on, on the Friday. It would have been a yeah. Toyota lockout. Um, yeah. I, I, I found that a little bit odd. And OK, if he if contextualised it and said, compared to last year, I'm satisfied, we'd all agree, agree 100%. But in terms of you know, how their season, um, you know, the, the early indications of how their season might go, poof, I wouldn't be satisfied. I'd be worried. But, but they've been very clear... Cole, and when we tried to make that analogy, you know, we we were talking to Thierry and, and re referencing twelve months ago, and he said, "Don't do that." You know, reference where we were. No, in Spain, in Japan, I I'm not sure. I, th yeah. I think they had a they they had nothing like the conditions on the rally that they got on the test. Uh, it was a setup issue. They didn't react quickly enough with the with the car. A beatable, the team principal said they weren't aggressive enough with the with the strategy and probably with the setup of the car. Maybe uh, maybe that's just what it was actually, David. Not not aggressive enough with it. You know, not not confident enough. But how come a team yeah. with ten years experience, great engineers? I'm I'm convinced they are great engineers. How come how come Thierry keeps going to these rallies and we're getting the same comments from him every event? Yeah. It's distressing I think for it's me. It's a reasonable point. Yeah. I, 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 I'd, I'd it's agree. It's distressing for I, me. I, I, would I would feel agree, for him because you know would nobody say, would like to see him win more than me. I would say that you know testing has has evolved a little bit now. There's far far fewer days, so the testing window is yeah. very very narrow now. You you get one day per driver, and if you get mm. a wet day, yeah. you're, you're stuck with it. Terrifying. Um, yeah. So so let's mm. take that into consideration. Uh, is that an excuse? I don't think it actually it is because I think you're right, George, that they've got enough data uh, going back over 10 years. They've certainly got meaningful data from 12 months ago on the same car. Should they have got it right? Yes, they should. It's what they're, you know, they're paid to do. Um, so let's let's see. I totally agree that um, that testing doesn't always translate for Thierry into, into pace on the mm -hmm. event. Let's let's see how it plays out. They are, I think, right now as we speak. I well, think the, they're in uh, yeah. Finland testing for Sweden. Yeah, well, I mean, the the really interesting thing for me now is that, but because Monte Carlo was was such a, an odd event, and there was so few, so few retirements, and all these drivers have got you know have got points on the table. Uh, nobody, nobody's really sitting there with any sort of cushion. Nobody's sitting really? there with a desperate need to score maximum points in Sweden. Are we going to see Sweden as a slightly different event? Is it going to be another Monty where nobody's wanting to make mistakes? And, you know, well, one person, honestly speaking, uh, on the face of it, you, you would put Rovan Perra, you'd put any any money you had, if you got any odds on Rovan Perra at all, you'd, you'd, you'd wow. paint them to win. 
But George, but, how much? But, you, listen, I mean, is, is it almost guaranteed that no matter what the conditions, <laughs> first on the road in Sweden is going to <laughs> I cost? I thought you, you were going to say how much are you going to bet on that? No, no, well, no, no, no. Well, no. well no, no, so if, if there's bucket loads of snow on the night before, then it's a nightmare. We've seen that, haven't we? Yeah, it's a nightmare. If, it, if it's if it's ice, Colin, if it's ice and and uh, um, uh, and, and f- a frozen surface, I, 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 I temper my my comment because there always seems to be a little bit of cleaning. But honestly yeah. speaking, it can be when it's icy, it's considerably less. It's considerably less. And in fact, if it's if it's just pure ice, um, the ice gives you more grip than the gravel. So if you've got an icy road, the first one or two cars are cleaning off a thin layer of ice at full speed. They're getting the grip out of it, but it's gone. And the drivers behind are on the softer surface. So first pass could win you something. Could be mm. one of those events that, that, that does that. Mm. I mean, the, the, you, you know that the grip levels on ice are more than asphalt in terms of acceleration and braking. It's just absolutely amazing. But- when, when, they, when they press the brakes, literally the car stops. And... Uh, that rips up the ice. The next cars down are, are on looser, a looser, softer surface, and and they don't get that braking. So it's there's a huge differential there from uh, from a, a, it is, a, a clean road to a, a dirty road. And also, George, everything changes across the loop as well, doesn't it? Talking to Elvin about this, and he said, you know, yeah, it's, totally, it's yeah. nearly impossible to find the perfect setup for Sweden because you start the first mm-hmm. stage of the loop, yeah. you got great tires, great grip from the car. And then that evolves. By the end, the tires are, you know, the tires mm. can have lost a load of studs. The grips changed completely, um, just in terms of the of the actual grip coming from the tire, not the mechanical grip in the car, obviously. But the, the, there's far far less. Um, so to find a car that works perfectly uh, as it does the first stage of the loop as the last, the end of the last stage in the loop is really mm. difficult. And yes, you use tires. Yeah, but it's such a such a broad spectrum as well, isn't yeah. it? It's, it's a massively broad spectrum. Yeah. I mean, it's just huge. The differences and you, between obviously fabulously you, you perfect used, to complete. You crap. use tires on on every on every loop of every of every rally, but I'm not sure that the tire can evolve and change quite as much as it can if we do get a bit of gravel coming through you've lost the studs you've lost everything haven't you by the time you get to the end of the loop mm. what's the point of testing then if we're going to have such completely different <laughs> conditions uh, we've seen toyota oh. testing last week lisa Hyundai you've, you've this gone week. right to the heart of a really interesting point what's the point of testing period do we need it? If if Formula no, One, if if Formula One the, only does what is it if a couple of test sessions a year? Do we need testing? Yeah, yeah, I think that's a really good point. And you know, particularly if Formula One's doing two sessions a year, and you know their conditions are far more predictable, aren't they? Yeah. Um, you know, as we've said, you've got these these limited test days, almost almost impossible to replicate the conditions you're going to find on the rallies. And what we're seeing, obviously, pre Sweden a number of drivers entering local rallies because the conditions there mm. potentially could be more realistic and mm. more representative yeah. of the conditions they get in a test. Uh, wow, you know, I've never heard anyone you know, putting forward the argument for no testing. But, but well, I've, if, I've heard it many times, Colin, uh, honestly speaking. Wow. But I think, I think the bottom line is that, that for me, th- these types of short event testings that they're getting now not so much about uh, what you can get out of the car. It's getting the driver comfortable. 
It's settling the mm. settling the driver, a driver that's had a good test. Even if he, even if it's not perfect from the rally, if he knows that he can rely on that car, you've Colin, you've 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 highlighted this so many times that you know the drives that driver. It doesn't matter if you give him three wheels or one wheels pointing the right way. He's so comfortable. He's so settled in that car. He'll deal with a bent wheel. He'll deal with a toe out. He'll deal with no, no, uh, no um, hybrid boost because he's just so comfortable with the car. It's about driver. Driver mm. comfort, driver familiarity, driver settling. I mean, you know, you only have to think back to the images that we see from the the, the, the most pertinent images for me are from Finland. The high speed sections that you see in Finland where the drivers are one corner to the next. The car is never straight. They are flat in top gear at 180, 185, 190 kph through long, long corners. They never see a straight for maybe two kilometres. And the car is sometimes up to 30, 40 degree angle through these corners, absolutely on the limit, 180 kph. Can't see more than 70 or 80 metres at any point. You've got to have a driver that's totally comfortable with his car. If he's not sure that it's going to turn in or if it bounces out, is he going to get a second bite of the cherry? If they're not, if they've not got that, they can't push at that limit. That's where the limit is. And it, we, we can see it. It visually represents itself to us in those high-speed places in Finland. But every single corner of every single rally is exactly the same. So if the driver's not 100% happy and content, as in fact, you know, Thierry wasn't in Monte Carlo, uh, he's not able to push to that final limit. He wasn't far away. What was he, 30 seconds? Uh, sorry, a, a minute and... Uh, what was he? Uh, uh, at the end of the ride, 40, 45 seconds off the lead. Not a lot, uh, but... Um, that that represents just those last little degrees. Clearly, the car was very, very good. It's just that he confessed to not having the confidence, couldn't quite get the feel for it, and it's that last little bit that you're pushing for. So it's, it's tiny margins. Cl clearly, the Hyundai is going to find that. Uh, so, Thierry himself will find that. So do you think Absolutely. they've got it right, George, in terms of test days now? We've seen them reducing it over the last few years. Um, and as a consequence of reducing the test days, what we're seeing for Sweden are these drivers, I think three... Tanak, Takamoto-san and Lappi entering local events. Do you think we've got it right with the number of test days? Uh, or, or has it gone too far? Hasn't it gone far enough? Uh, I think I think the motivations for it were all selfishly done uh, in the past. Mm. Um, uh, and and I, I don't think it's necessarily the smartest thing. The impact of rally, uh, the beauty of rally is the fact that it always moved around the country and went to the people. And that's why it was so popular. No surprise that rallying popularity has waned as we've become geographically restricted. I mean, it's a bit of a no-brainer that it doesn't even. So, George, much who to who be. was being selfish? Uh, Sorry, t testing testing's part of that. Yeah, team owners wanting to save money. Ah, I see. Uh, you know, putting 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 profit against against the sport. Simple mm. as. I, I realise that's a very contentious comment. It certainly is. Ultimately, that's what it is. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it is, but every I, single driver would agree with me. I, every I, single driver yeah, would agree. Yeah, but every single they're driver. They're too scared wants... to say it because their employment's based on that. Yeah, but they all want, you know, drivers, as you know, would want to test yeah. every single day of the week. Yeah. Some, but some, I, so here's something that's some good drivers are some drivers are useless at it. Some drivers yeah. are useless at testing. Yeah, but they still want it's to be behind the wheel, don't they? Because their their oh, thinking yeah. is that yeah, if they're not behind the wheel. Their chief rival is behind the wheel, and it's he's getting more seat time than them. And so it's practice. It's practice. Hey, look, so the, the, the the limitations are okay. They are what they are. We can debate it as much as we want. They are what they are. So here's something, George, that addresses both these issues. So we ban testing. We ban testing completely. 
but we encourage the teams to take their cars to the people. As you've said, George, that's mm. clearly lacking in the sport these days. So mm. we say to them, you can do as many of these national rallies as you want. If you want to enter, we will make sure you're able to enter. How great would that be? How great Fantastic. would it be to go, well, no, it to go on the Cambrian Rally? To no, go it the won't, Cambrian because rally. If, you're, if you are go entering with a view to testing, then you will potentially yeah, pull but, the car Lisa, after a fan, day or half a day and you, you just go through the motions on it. I'm, you're I'm not looking you, to win, you're looking to put the car through shakedown. But that doesn't mm. matter. What, what's important? What's important for the rally fans is they get to see these cars and in the flesh. You know, what we forget is that, you know, it is difficult to spectate on rallies. You, you have to, GB, a rally fan from GB has to spend an awful lot of money to go to Europe somewhere to watch a rally. If you have the opportunity, you know, to go along to your local rally, as the, um, the Estonians in Otapa will have this weekend, uh, I'll guarantee you it'll be the biggest crowd that's ever gone to the Otapa rally. Yeah, and and probably similarly for that rally in Finland. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe it's, it's, it's a way of killing two birds with one stone, you know. Um, does does raise the point now, Carl, of, the of where, where are we supposed to be using these Rally 1 cars? Are they not supposed to be the pinnacle? You don't see well, a Formula exactly. 1 car at a, at a, a club event in Snetterton, do you? At a, that's just the... Well, unfortunately <laughs> not. No, unfortunately, can you imagine the crowd at Snetterton if there was a Formula <laughs> 1 car there, though? The, um, yeah. I, I agree, no, no, though. I agree with you, David. It, it does. And it was started by, yeah. by Adamo, wasn't it? You know, he, he saw this Absolutely. window of opportunity, uh, and we spoke about it last week with him, um, and he said it costs... If you do a three-day test, it costs obviously three times more than you do than you'd spend on a on a one-day national event. As much as anything for Andrea, it was about showing the cars to the people. Uh, he got Hyundai Italy involved when they were doing events like Alba and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and it was brilliant. We were there, Colin, in 2020. There were thousands yeah. of people that wouldn't have been there for a normal uh, Italian Championship round. It was astonishing. It was quite astonishing, and it's, you know, it is kind of the thinking that that, that you know we, we need to see employed a little bit more by by whoever, by the FIA, by the promoter, whoever it might be, by the you know the ASNs. You know, we, we need to see a little less traditional thinking, which you know the, the sport is kind of it's almost constrained by traditional thinking, isn't it? You know, um, and a little more out the box thinking. And people like Adamo just came in and, and, and you know, he, he was the genius at thinking outside of the box. But, but in, uh, and, and we saw the results. In, in fairness, you know, the promoter did a brilliant job all those years ago with, when we were going to Turkey for the second year. Yeah, and, and they came up yeah, with the, the idea of, of running a, an official WRC test in, a, in, in Greece. And each of the team, they would rotate yeah. the, around the three rows, do it all very formally bring spectators in, give spectators the opportunity. It was a brilliant, brilliant plan. And for me, you know, yeah, that's, it didn't happen, it, it didn't happen yeah. but that's a way to maybe to approach mm-hmm. testing collectively. Um, you know, everybody, mm-hmm. where are we going next? Mm-hmm. Mexico, bad example, Croatia. They'll all go to Croatia. They'll all go independently and find their own roads and spend a, a ton of cash. Why don't we actually centralize the whole thing? Um, and just it's an opportunity to do something to save money and to bring more spectacle to people, um, get people the opportunity yeah. to see the cars. We, we did, we did, we did the centralized, we did the centralized testing for production rally championship for about 10 years from mm. about 2004 to 2014. There was a central test for the second category, which is now, you know, WRC two. I don't know if they still do it. Uh, yeah. The Monday it was test. me that organized it for 10 years. Um, which which was just done as a collective between everyone, and everyone just paid what it cost. There was mm. no uh, there was nobody specifically um, 
there was no company organising. It was just done between us all collectively. It was quite nice. And that was very economic, you know, you'd be costing anything from two or three hundred euros, maybe up to seven or eight hundred euros for a test road for a day, and there'd be ten cars there, you know. It's quite a sight, wasn't it? It was always, it was, it was it always was a really, really enjoyable effective. part of the week. You know, yeah, yeah. Some great drivers, some great cars, and, and, you know, if you were lucky enough to be out spectating, plenty of great action, you know. Yeah. Um, I think part of the issue with tests these days, um, you know, if we are talking about taking the sport to the people, and, and, and maybe testing is an opportunity, um, you know, that flies in the face of what the teams want. You know, they, they will go to places like Croatia, as you say, David, and the teams will do their utmost to keep their test site secret. And you can mm -hmm. understand that. You can absolutely understand that. Um, but it, it's kind of how we look at it. Um, maybe, maybe the whole testing regime needs to be looked at in a different way. Mm. How do you police that, though? I mean, realistically, well, how do you police that? Because you have the, the factories where engines are being run to, you know, test tolerances and stuff in their little... Uh, little boxes, their little rooms that where the engines Pest just kind cells. of run. Yeah, yeah, and and you have, you know, potentially. I mean, I don't know what M Sports are up to, but they've got a lovely testing track at Dovenby Hall. They could be, you know, rocking up the hours. If you turn around and ban testing altogether, you're then going to have to get the testing police in to make sure the teams aren't doing testing in the way that uh, you know that that that. Yeah. That you, you find, people will find ways no. around it, surely. I think the, the the reality of the testing limitations came in for for a number of reasons. One one was financially, the other was just time. Um, you know, you have to create a, a complete. You have to create two separate teams, one for testing and one for one for the rally. And that's that. To be honest, that was always the case. You did sometimes you had several teams for testing. You'd have two test teams, even three mm -hmm. test teams. Um, it didn't necessarily need to be so expensive it's, it's, it's become more expensive recently because more people have got their fingers in the pie i guess and there's also greater restrictions and and less liberties can be taken uh, no bad thing because it, it creates to safety and that's always a good thing but um but the but the bottom line is even if you said right well there's you can do as much testing as you want people wouldn't do much more than they do because there's just not time yeah, you, you wouldn't want that to happen because obviously obviously a team with a bottomless pit of 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 money could start to leverage it, but you know, we've seen we've seen teams that have done massive amounts of testing come to a rally and the car's nowhere. You know, it, it, because it because it's down. It, I, I I'll stand by my comments that a great extent of that is getting the driver's head in the right place so that the car is feeling right so that he can drive it to those ludicrous limits that they are doing on every single meter of every single stage. Um. And we only get the proper visual representation of what it's like for them on every stage when we look at those super high-speed fan shots that we see from Finland that seems to be only fans can get those incredible shots that parlay the massive speed and the absolute limit. The physical limit of these cars is just ludicrous, absolutely ludicrous. Yeah, And the performance of the driver is amazing, but, they, but it's all about driver tuning. And that's what Thierry was just missing, that tiny little bit. And it frustrates me so much for the, you know, on behalf of the guy, because I'll, I'm, I'm desperate to see the guy succeed. If ever anybody kind of deserved it in terms of tenacity, he's the man, but he's still not getting it right. It's very upsetting. Also, anyway, enough of that. I was gonna say we've exhausted this. Surely we've exhausted this. Well, I was going to say he's also not entirely happy about the fact that um, Lappi Taka Tanak all doing national rallies this week. Um, yeah. Does he have a point? 
I mean, the thing is, what, my, what, what, I mean, what are those to... drivers doing? Is it just seat time or is it is it promoting the sport in a way that it should be promoted to people well, that potentially aren't part of the I WRC think, setup? I think it's I think it is promoting the sport because we're getting out there on events that are actually in, innately exciting. And, and it's fabulous to see these guys out there. Great, great benefit for everyone involved, you know, established fans and you alike. Brilliant. No, but, I agree um, with that, George, but I, I'm, yeah. I'm, there's no altru- al- what's the word? altruistic reasoning behind it. They're, they're doing no, it. no, no, it's they're absolutely doing it purely not. to get themselves dialed in, you know, for, for the yeah. event. Um, as George has mm-hmm. rightly said, it is all about seat time, uh, yeah. you know, and, and particularly Tanak. And, and Kasuta for me is the interesting one. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure why he needs that extra time. He's had plenty of time on snow and ice in that car around mm-hmm. the vascular base. Yeah. Uh, I'm surprised by that. I am not in the slightest bit surprised by Lappy and Tanak, you know, doing what they can to get a bit, a bit of extra seat time. Tanak yeah. will be interesting. I'll watch with interest where he starts on the road in that event. You'd imagine it would be as a zero-type car, but it wouldn't surprise me to see him starting fifth on mm-hmm. the road, which is his starting position in Sweden. Um, you know, they're, they're doing it purely so that they, they, you know, they can dial out any obvious problems before yeah. the start of the event. There's, there's no yeah. question about that. It'll be I, 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 I mean, again, just, just reflecting on the performance of, of these guys, I think Ott's in a great place. I think Ott did exactly what he needed to do in Monte Carlo, just precisely, precisely what he needed to do. It was clinical. It was beautiful to see. And then on the last stage, the last where he, where he, okay, there's a benefit of the points, but he stuck his neck out in that last stage just to say, here you are, boys. Mm. This is this is what the Puma can do, and this is what I can do. Yeah. I mean, that was right there. And that says, whoa, if you had any doubts about him through the event, thinking, well, okay, it was a bit average, and I was explaining it away by saying he's doing what he had to do. That last stage, that says, yeah, thank you, Ott. I had, you know, that explains the little, the little wry smile on Ott's face for me. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. The guy's going to gonna come out and, and in Sweden and absolutely be right there I'm sure he will be I certainly hope he will be Thierry Thierry as we know it's it, hot and cold isn't it so I think he'll come out in Sweden and, and, and uh, he'll either be imperious as he can be and, and be fighting there in the pack or, or, or not um, Elf and Evans should be in a very similar situation and uh, uh, Cali well we're just expecting him to be automatically emperor status isn't it we're we're going to do a full preview of rally sweden next week when the snow will or won't have fallen but i think that has uh, so that's yeah i think that pretty much wraps up what's on the running list from the award-winning luke barry deputy editor of dirtfish.com aw luke barry i think that's uh, he's going to be his official title from now on absolutely absolutely but this is an award-winning team well done, Colin. Thanks, Lee. Good work, George. Thank you, Lisa. Nicely done, David. Thank you. Thank you've even you. managed to silence the tapping on the keyboard because I know that you've been typing away all the way through this. <laughs> so enough from us for this edition of Spin the Rally Pod. But we want to hear from you. Get in touch at Dirtfish Rally. Don't forget to check out all the latest content on our YouTube channel and at the website dirtfish.com. And join us next week for a look ahead to Rally Sweden.